Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast Show. My name's Jerry Alexander, and we have a great interview lined up for you on this episode. A good friend of mine, Stephen Clark, is joining us to share his recent commercial property experiences. We've known each other for ages, and we both attend a mastermind group of local property peers. Stephen is one of the most active and hardest working residential investors that I know. He also runs his own workshops, helping newer investors, where he has countless deals and flips to share. Some of you may already know him, of course, from his podcast show, The Scottish Property Podcast, where he shares lots of property knowledge and experiences with his co-host, Nick Ponty. I've actually been fortunate enough to appear on The Scottish Property Podcast, and I've been counting down the days until I could bring Stephen onto our podcast show. You could say he has enough on his plate, though, to not bother with commercial property, but he recently took the plunge and bought a great deal. So I invite them on the show to tell us a bit about the project and the emotional journey of getting this one over the line and how he felt when he was handed the keys. So sit back and enjoy this interview with the hugely talented Stephen Clark. Hi Stephen, thanks very much for joining us on the Commercial Property Investor Podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's been a wee while we've been talking about this Stephen, but you have now got a commercial building, so here we are. I have almost 18 months later got a commercial building. <laughs> but we're not all here just to talk about commercial on this one because I want to talk about um, your background, how you got to where you were 18 months ago and then why you decided to do commercial and to go through kind of some of the emotions of actually going through that process. But maybe you could just tell us where it all started for you and why you actually got into property, which I think initially was a buy to yeah, so it was a buy-to-let, a one-bedroom flat in Inverkeithen back in 2006. Um, I was a second-year engineer apprentice, and as soon as I had the opportunity to get on the property ladder, I did. It was um, you know, £4.32 an hour, and the minute I got offered overtime with that, I knew I could pay a mortgage, so I, I jumped on the property ladder. Um, that ended up being my first buy-to-let. I think I lived in it for a year and rented it out once I purchased another house, a three-bed house in Cowdenbeath, and started to add to the portfolio. Um, I just recently sold that one to help me fund the renovation of the, the first commercial product. <laughs> project. Funny enough, the sale went through last week. So yeah, it's interesting. The, the stories kind of came about. But yeah, so um, for probably 10 years, I dabbled amateurishly, I would say, in property. Um, flipped a lot, held on to some, and you know just gathered my experience. And, and then in 2016, my daughter was born. I kind of had to take this more seriously and become a professional investor slash developer. So I went full-time in my property business and since then I've been flipping properties and building the portfolio since. Um, the last year or two, I've really been trying to take it up a notch, Jerry, as you know, like you know, trying to look at the, the bigger deals. And it's been more looking like um, portfolio purchases, so still sticking with the residential, but bigger cash flow and product, multiple units, um, getting purchases in the one go bigger development projects and um, HMO 
properties to try and get better cash flow. And along came COVID, and we were having a conversation right at the start of lockdown, and it was, you know what, you know, I'm definitely going to go into commercial at some point in the next year or so, and you quite rightly said, well, if you want to get into commercial, now's the time to start, because it's going to take a couple of years to get through the the process and find your way around the kind of, the, the clear as mud, as you kind of like to describe it. Um, and I did, I started looking, I had a rough idea of what I wanted and, and, and what it wanted to look like, and within a week I found a building, and I think you laid down the gauntlet of what price to get this property under offer it, and within a week I did. So it all happened very, very fast. It was a bit of an emotional, oh crap, what the hell have I done? Um, you've called me out on this. I think it's going to take two years to actually get the first one, and within two weeks it was done. However, this was, what was this? Was this April 2020? It was at least a year, yeah. at least a year ago. So we're, 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 we're probably almost you know, a year and a half later that I actually completed um, in August. I think it was halfway through August 2021. So yes, it was a lengthy process. Um, is, it fair, is it fair to say, though, that there was a bit of feet being dragged on this one? Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the the, the jumping between residential to commercial was definitely um, a comfort zone stretcher. Even though when, when we discussed the numbers on this first project, it wasn't nothing I should be scared of. And when we look at the way the numbers kind of stacked up, I should have been jumping in with both feet. But it was the, the, the unknown, the unknown of going into a commercial project the unknown operational costs, the unknown renovation costs to a certain extent. Um, so maybe the hidden extras, the you know the rates, the the water, the the bigger gas bills, the electricity bills, and how to get income from the building, and if the offering would actually work. To so, be fair, though, Stephen, you are a prolific um, residential investor. So of all the people I know, you are one of the ones who really can say, oh, I've just got another resi deal to do. I've just got another resi deal to do. I've got another portfolio to buy. There was always, you always have other deals going on. And you're quite interested because you don't have one single strategy. You actually do quite a few strategies. So it's not like you've moved into commercial and abandoned resi. I know you're still doing lots of other stuff with resi. Um, but with, with, that first deal, it is quite difficult, isn't it, when you're being so busy with residential, not just to slip into, here's the next deal, and kind of put off the commercial stuff. But eventually, you manage to do the deal. Yeah, absolutely. And for, for me, the, the last few years, is I've, I've joint ventured with a lot of different people. And a couple of people that I've joint ventured with, um, particularly the, my business partner in a new residential kind of portfolio we're building, we're kind of hitting it quite hard and we're trying to acquire portfolios. So... Within the last, this year alone, I think we've achieved 18 properties in the portfolio. And the fact that I've partnered with Sam to do this, um, he can kind of raise the finance, apply for the applications, do the refinancing, whether I can source the deals and do the stuff I'm good at. So it has taken the pressure off me to say, I'm not doing every single thing, you know, raising the finance, um, you know, every single nitty gritty off the, the business. I've kind of half that, which has given me that little bit of flexibility to go, okay, what's my next investments I want to try myself? And, and commercial's always been on the horizon. It's always been something I thought that I would just progress on to naturally. Um, I did need a little bit of kick up the, the backside to, to, to pull the trigger on it. But yeah, definitely. It was one of these ones where throughout the last year and a half, there was, mm, I've just got this project. There's just another project coming up and there's another big one here and this one's happening up here. So yes, there was quite a lot going over on over the last year and a half. But um, I probably almost lost this, this deal by... In all fairness, as much as it was dr me dragging my feet at some points, the commercial process and the, the conveyancing process for a commercial prop property was uh, very onerous. Um, 
the council that I bought off, they didn't even have the permission to sell the property in the first place, so the title had to be completely amended and changed. So that did take months and months, obviously, during COVID as well, and we're in throughout the whole lockdown, um, solicitors working from home. So, so it was a lengthy process anyway. It didn't help me dragging my feet a little bit as well. Yeah, and I, I, you know, there's luck's not the right phrase to use, but there wasn't a queue of people lining up to buy this property, so competition was not a problem. Um, well, well, interestingly enough, I've had people visit the property in the last couple of weeks, and you know, one of them, one of them came in, and, they, and I think it was in the local press, and they wanted to do a community cinema. And you know, the guy came in, and he came in with this world's smallest violence, and you know, you just beat me to it, you just beat me to it, and stuff like that. And I, and, and, I, and he says, yeah, yeah, you know what? When you know when coronavirus kicked in, you know, everyone's got their own life. He just started making all these excuses and saying, yeah, I just sat in my arse for the last year and a half, pretty much doing nothing. So I says, well, I kind of abruptly pointed out to him. I didn't beat you to it. I didn't fucking sit about for the last year and a half. I got my finger out and done, ran a business and started this new commercial business and got it. So as much as there wasn't a huge amount of competition, there was a few people interested in it, but um, they wanted a community transfer for the council to give it to them for free. So that was always, you were always going to win over them if you were willing to pay for it rather than get it for free. But there was a few, there was a few interested parties that I'm since finding out now having purchased it that, oh yeah, I was in for it. Um, and I, th I was getting the pressure put on me at the end because I believe that these offers were actually a lot more than I actually originally got the offer accepted at. So I think they were close to yeah, pulling so away from me. Yeah, you were getting close to maybe missing mm. it, mm. shall we say. I, I just want to nip back to um, something you said earlier on. You bought, you bought your own house. You then decided to do it as a buy-to-let and got another one. A lot of people go and buy their own house. What was the switch for you? What made you want to go and buy another one? to do buy to let what was your exposure had you met somebody that was doing it what what, what was it that made you think oh that's the natural thing to do I don't, I don't know what what the what, there was nobody in my circle that was doing it that's for sure I didn't have a network I didn't have people around me doing it no family members had bought property so it was always you know when you look at people that were successful they own property I think and I, I, I was only 20 21 maybe at the time and I remember going by the bank um, of Scotland Index when I went in to get some more money out of the flat to then go and buy the next purchase and I said, oh, your properties went up 19 grand in the last, God, year, year and a half. So it was like, oh, wow, this is more, than, more money than I'm making in my salary by, by uh, renovating, buying this property. So obviously I was exposed to the kind of capital appreciation and bearing in mind this was 2006 running to 2008 when it, all, when it tumbled. And, and then once I pulled the, the capital out the first property to buy the second one, I rented out, obviously, and got a, a decent bit of cash. I mean, I say a decent bit of cash flow, a couple hundred quid a month cash flow, but to see the cash flow and to see <laughs> capital appreciation, I kind of figured out at 2021 thinking, is this, is this the way you do it? Do you keep growing like this? Do you do we buy more? Do we put more on a mortgage? And then obviously, as soon as I bought the second one, the prices came uh, tumbling down and then end up in negative equity in, uh, in both properties. So hence why the transition to to flip and develop for, for some time to try and build the capital back up, which I felt that I'd, that I'd lost. So, yeah. do, do you think that a lot of, I mean, there's loads of, I guess, construction and programming and, and all the stuff that you do on site that you can transfer. Everybody can see you can transfer that to commercial. There are some aspects that are different, but mm. so much of it's the same. But what about the strategies? Would you agree that actually a lot of them are very similar? It's just a slightly different way of approaching them? Yeah, it's a bit of a tweak in it. I mean, this is something this this building and this project come to fruition is probably something I've manifested for 
probably five or six years um, as I kind of entered into full-time property development and investment. Um, something I always wanted to do was give back, and this is where this this building comes into play. Um, I feel like you know a multi-use strategy where I'm you know to give a little bit of background on this on this building. It's um, it was an old games hall or community centre library. I think it's been a few things. It was an old, old mining village and snooker halls in the back and different and different spaces which lends itself funnily enough to uh, your strategy the the commercial CMO model and it ties in with something I've always wanted to do which was to have spaces rented out to different studios and martial arts and fitness and dance classes and all that kind of stuff and, and these type of communities where it got kids off the street and people into fitness and well-being now when you look at the, the rental income or per room per Per studio space, you know, it works out. I can get a fair few tenants in this one building. Now, when you hear the numbers, that it's basically the price of one buy to let, and each room's going to give me the income of one buy to let. I've got multiple income streams in this this one building. Um, so yeah, so yeah, like what you were asking was, it is pretty much a similar strategy, just with a little twist and not as scary as I'd probably first made out or put in my mind. What's the overall size of it? It's 7,000 square feet. Okay, so let's talk specifically so, about this deal. So we've gone through So it's, it's a few thousand strategies. square feet more, it would have been your, yeah. your deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my minimum criteria is 10,000, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's not too far away from where we are right now, is it? Hmm. So let's talk about the deal, though. So it, it, it was an ex-local authority building. It was one of those buildings that probably quite a lot of people were driving past or walking past saying, isn't anybody going to do anything with this? Or... I'll think about doing this with it, but actually nobody was stumping up and saying, right, here's an offer. And it's 7,000 foot over how many units? It's about four or five at the moment. Yes, five, roughly. yeah. So, But there's some of that could be split down to more, depending on what the market. Yeah, absolutely. Down what we find, we'll find, what we find the, the market desires, yeah. So it's so 7,000 square feet. Um, it's one of these buildings that it's quite pretty. You know, it's probably something like a courthouse that's certain almost. But it's um, it's one of these oddballs where it's a huge building that you couldn't really get one single tenant for it. So who's going to look at it and who's got a plan to do it? And I mean, the, the rate's on it's £28,000 a year. So to, for, a, for a sports club or a martial arts club to buy it and keep the use that it is, then it's probably not going to be commercially viable yes. for, for these guys. Yes. Um, so yeah, it does sit in that oddball category where people can look at it and go, yeah, the price of it, the price point's cheap it was on the market for offers over 135,000 so for for that square footage that price it's it's it's, yeah, yeah. it's relatively cheap and then obviously we've got it a hell of a lot cheaper than that as well um so yeah it's, it's, it's an oddball that sat kind of on the market where it's a problem building yeah one of these problem buildings yeah. that you kind of need to try and find a solution through and come up with something creative to make it to make it work okay so now it's fair to say that right now You've had the keys for about four weeks, and I want to go through that process with you in a second, right? But you've had it for about four weeks. There's a process of now really testing out your strategy in terms of the type of tenant. So you've been, you've had some viewings, you've had some people making some noises and talking to you, um, and in time, uh, I hope that we're going to come back together and we're going to have another podcast session just to talk about how that whole thing develops out, but. What I want to talk to you about is just that process of going from perpetually, and I'm not being rude here, but going through the process of trying to get the deal done whilst doing other stuff and it taking time, whether it's your side, their side, and then suddenly it's like, oh, 
I've got to do this. <laughs> and, and you get the keys. And how did that feel? Was it, was it a bit of a shock or <laughs> how did you feel I, when you got the keys? I don't think I've ever had anxiety in my life. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure the weekend that I got the keys, we went away for a weekend, myself, my wife, my, my wee girl, we took my, my niece away as well. And I pretty much had gut rot all weekend, a bit of the shakes, a bit. And I thought, I'm, I'm, I'm coming down with something. I'm, and it didn't shift. And usually, if I get on well, I'm, I keep very healthy and and physically in good good enough shape. But it didn't shift for a few days, and it wasn't until I got back, phoned you on the Monday, got some answers, which I think one of them was, did you bloody insure the building from the Friday you picked up the keys? And because it went so rushed, I didn't even insure the building. <laughs> so I'm sitting there having cash, bought this building, this commercial building. It's empty. It's not in the best area, so vandalism could quite easily be a possibility. So yeah, that that happened. The rates, the utilities, all this kind of stuff that was like, oh crap. Because um, so suddenly yeah. there's a few things to do, isn't there? Yeah. I, mean, you don't have, I think part of the thing though is, and, and I just recorded a podcast about this recently, but is not to panic. It's just like, okay, there is a process. There are certain things I have to do quickly, mm-hmm. but otherwise, you know, it doesn't matter if it waits till tomorrow. Insurance, maybe need to do straight away. <laughs> yeah, that was the one I should have. I should have probably pulled the trigger on it immediately. But it was one of these things where it, it, it dragged on for so long, and it was you know it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be. To the day before, transfer the money, thinking it's not going to be through, and all of a sudden, I'm getting an email at quarter to four in the afternoon where I'm due to leave at half past three, saying come and get the keys, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be away by now. So it was like grab the keys, go in. And then we were away straight away. So it was one of these like real rush that was meant to happen. It was going to happen. It was delayed, delayed, delayed. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's, it's there. And you, like you say, you're picking up the keys to this massive building. Now, one of the things that made me kind of pull the trigger and stop really dragging my feet about it was my friends got a three-bed ex-local authority house across the road from it. Now, when you look up on Google Maps, this, this three-bed house, which was 95000 and you get £650 a month rent for I've got this 7,000 square feet building across the road and when you look at it on Google Maps, you're like, wow, look at the size of it and I paid less than he's paid for his. So it was one of these things, I was like, right, come on, this is a great deal. Just pull the trigger and get this done. But see when you're picking up the keys and, and walking into the building for the first time and it's, it was quite overwhelming. Like it was, it must have been, it was quite overwhelming the, the scale, the size, the the renovation. We've done renovations before and on a decent scale, but when you're looking at the size of this, and 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 it, and it drastically decreased since we had viewed it back in March, April, 2020. Yeah, when we looked at one or two leaks, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, now it had, it had multiple leaks. It was been, it was pretty much indoor showers everywhere, <laughs> um, which which still aren't resolved yet. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, so it was it was quite overwhelming to see you know this dark, damp building that we didn't see a year and a half previous because once the offer was accepted, the council boarded up the door, switched off the fire alarm, the power, the heat and everything, and all of a sudden it wasn't getting maintained because someone was going to buy it. Yeah, it's not so a it, problem. Yeah. So it wasn't a problem anymore. Um, I tried to renegotiate further down the line in the last kind of few months. Obviously, I, I drag in my feet tactic a little bit to a certain extent, um, and it fell on the deaf ears, so I had to complete on it the way it, the way it was. But, um, yeah, it was very overwhelming. When how do you, first how do you feel about it? What are we now, three weeks in? We're th- week three or week in? four, yeah. How do you feel about it now? I mean, you know me, I take action immediately. So, yeah, you do, yeah, yeah. So I, I think it was one of these things where it was, let's just take action. Let's just get a painter in. Let's just get a joiner in. Let's just get things happening. Let's get things moving. Let's try and get the roof around to fix leaks and 
you know, you've got some paint on some walls and it's fresher and it's cleaner and the, the air's flowing through the building and, and, and I think it's one of these things, you know, how to eat an elephant one bit at a time and I feel like within a few weeks it's actually starting to like, all right, there's a bit of light in the tunnel. There's it really helps the viewings yeah. too when that sort of thing's happening. And, and, yeah, and that was my, my kind of plan of attack was I don't want to show potential clients, guests, um, tenants, whatever it may be, um, the building right now in the state it's in because a lot of people can't oversee you know, ceilings falling in with roof leaks and, and the horrible colours that were on the wall from the, as you can imagine, a local authority a, building. You're painting a great picture here. <laughs> it's, you know, it wasn't pretty at all. But and you know, when you walk in, the, the corridor's grey and the wood's white rather than horrible dark brown. And, you know, what was the colour of the cove and stuff? It was like it's brown not, and... It's not more pinky than brown. Ah, it was horrible. So now that they're white and they're standing out and you've got the... You've just got the place pinging a little bit the, the moment you walk in. So, yeah, between that, the facilities have you know, not replaced anything, but I've certainly freshened up the paint. It's looking a hell of a lot better. Like, it's starting to feel like a, a building that you can kind of start to see the vision on it. So, yeah, signs going up on the social media page, Owen, and, and trying to get the website um, done as well. It's starting to feel like there's there's headway getting made, but it's all these unknowns. Like, I kind of phoned you last week asking about the quote of security cameras and going, what the hell? I never knew about what's the cost of eight security cameras to protect outside of the building and you know and have a hard drive backing up and it was like god it's a few and I didn't factor in as well and door security systems and stuff like that it does it does all add up doesn't it but but once you've got that sequence and you understand what needs to be done it's easier it's when you go into it like you say and you get the keys and you're like well done what am I supposed to start with first that's where it, it can be a wee bit um, yeah, unnerving yeah. and I've probably defaulted back to my comfort zone stretching to a certain extent like I've went back to what do I know best right let's just get the renovation done and get the building sorted out so the rest of that will probably come bit by bit as the renovation's going so the fact that it's, you know, it's in motion um, there's a joiner on site this week the, plas uh, the plaster's coming on next week and I'm trying to get a roofer to get roof leaks there's, there's movement you know, there's materials so, on site, there's a kitchen going in today, there's, so, so there's movement to see a building coming together. The heating's not on yet, but hopefully that'll be by the end of the week. So there's, there, there's, there's movement which is making me feel better, which I can then start looking at, right, let's go and order these security cameras, let's start looking at the door interlock system, let's start now putting out there with, this, with the signage and let's start getting in more and more potential clients and, and find out what the, the market offering should be because it's, it's an unknown. And, and that was always the the scary side of a commercial venture was, especially on a, on a multi-layer like this, is what does the market actually desire? What do they need? What does the area need? Some, it's a miners town of 7,000 population, so it's not a huge area. There's no serviced office space. There's no, I mean, there's a community centre where you can hire studio spaces and seems to be at capacity. There's a scout hall that can be hired out. So there's places there, but the other offering that I'm kind of trying to add mm -hmm. on to it, there's not, and you don't know if there's demand there until we... Yeah, kind of figure until you start putting it out there. But it's interesting you say about what there is, because by looking at the market that's there, you can tell, I think all the retail units are full, are they not? Mm, yeah, yeah, they are. So they're all full, which is the traditional place, obviously. But not necessarily for retail these days, it's for hair care, skin care, you know, yeah. all the different holistic stuff that go into some of these units. And sometimes these towns, when you look at them, it's not a case of, um, you know, we need industrial space or we need some more shops it's actually the fact that there isn't places for those types of businesses those mm -hmm. holistic businesses you know that are going on somewhere mm -hmm. it's just that they don't have any um, shop frontage or, or a unit they can all congregate in that actually makes it work better for all of them 
usually they're doing it in their house yeah. or they're doing it in a hall in another town and, and all that stuff. Mm, and so, it, and it, you know, when you add all that up, as in the gaps that you see, then you can start, mm. at least you get an idea of where to fish. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's no serviced office space. So, so that's, there's some there's a, possibly a little section that could be serviced offices or a, a co-working space, um, but we don't know the demand of it. So putting that out there to the... To the market, putting the signs up there, see what see what interest we get is, is certainly there. I think the stu- the the spaces that lend themselves to studio spaces, yoga, dance, all that stuff. There's been quite a lot of interest already on that. As my phone's pinging off next to me, I can see it from the the post <laughs> on the Facebook page to try and see generate some interest today. <laughs> so there's there's you know there's inquiries live. coming in, live <laughs> inquiries coming in as we speak. Um, <laughs> And, and interestingly enough, because this is the reason why I'm laughing at this, I, I didn't want to put my face to this business and this building, but because this, like I said, this is a, a small miners' community village town that's that's, that's grown. It's, there's a lot of development going on in the area. It's, it's, it's a expanding town, but it's very old school. The, the community want to know who's bought it and who's doing it and what the plan is. So I've resisted this for four weeks, even though we get probably ten people a day chapping the door and asking what's happening and what's going on, and people want to know and. You know, community projects and artists wanted. You know, everyone's wanted to know what's going on. So I thought, you know, I'm going to put myself on camera, chuck a post on the Facebook group page, and just say, look, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing, and this is what I'm trying to do with the, with this community building, and try and get the community buying into it. It seems to be working because my phone's pinging off next to me. Um, so yeah, I, I resisted that, but I think with a building like that, it, it needs that personal touch to try and the, the community and, and understanding that you're wanting a building that's going to fit into the community and people are going to use because I think if you get the right hub in a community like this you could get a hell of a lot of clients um, you know I've, I've got a, a vision of it being the kind of hub of, the, of this community it is bang bang on the centre of the heart of this of this town so the locations you couldn't get any better yeah and, that, and that's I, I'm listening to you and we're sitting in the courthouse here which is in my local town and it was very much the same mm. it's a building that's been used by the community for many many years the council didn't know what to do with it and we've been able to open up quite a lot of it to the public use, mm-hmm. and, and that buy-in's been really good. Mm-hmm. But like you say, it's trying to get it's trying to get the right balance. I, I wanted to go back to um, the maybe let's talk a little bit about the upsides. We spoke about some of the the challenges with decoration and all the different, I guess, extras you might need to put in, like cameras and stuff, mm-hmm. which does obviously cost more, and there's a bit more running cost, but. When you buy a house and you rent it out for six, seven hundred pounds a month, depending on where it is, of course, and what part of the world you live in, um, each of these units that are in this building, they're all different sizes, but one of them, for instance, just to give people an idea that are listening in, one of those units is, uh, it's basically got a stage at one end, Mm. and it's a big hall for doing performances. Mm. So it's quite a large space. And some of these are going to be... Six, seven, eight hundred, a thousand pounds, whatever it is a month. Yeah. And with with six of those in a building that costs the same as a house, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let everybody do the numbers on that. But I, I think once you get a bit of a bit of over the inertia, mm-hmm. and you start getting tenants moving, and that's when you're it, it really makes a difference on the commercial stuff because you start to see that when you get that income when it comes in doesn't necessarily create. The same amount of overhead because it's, mm-hmm. it's already kind of there you've already taken cool. that in your numbers so when those additional incomes come in yes you've got to knock out some for energy use etc but it really starts to have an impact on your cash flow mm. 
And that's where these buildings really start to make a difference. Yeah, and that's and that's what I'm looking forward to. The the first four halls as you come in, they they might not lend themselves hugely to splitting up and making smaller. So, like you say, you can probably get six and on a pound a month, equivalent to a buy like each one, and there's four. But the back space itself is something that, like as we discussed when we first looked at, it lends itself to splitting into different smaller units to try and test the market with smaller offices or studio space or there's artists they've actually an artist has inquired about one of the spaces already um, there's a tattooist on this high street they might want to move in so you know what I mean there's there's, there's probably potential to get eight to ten rooms at the back the back end of the building so like you say as soon as you start generating income and you can start putting up these partitions and getting the, the community behind it you might be like another ten streams of revenue at the back end um, as well and there'll be more operational costs will come with that and more heating and splitting the rooms and you know I'm sure I'll cover I'm sure I'll cross these bridges when it comes to it but yeah I think doing a bit at a time on this building and starting to get some revenue in and, and generate an interest in the in the community for the building I think this will be that'll be the start of it it should generate m- more than just the four or five six pieces of income it should be quite well, a, I mean, quite I, I'm really confident in that building it's a great buy you you've, you've really want to watch for that the price it's all about buying at the right price and and you know it's going to be difficult to, other than them giving it to you for nothing <laughs> it's we, going to be difficult to get a lower price yeah we were almost at that and that was the kind of, the, the price that was that was purchased at was uh, 85,000 pound for 7,000 square feet so when you do the maths on that it does work out very cheap per per square foot um, you couldn't build it you couldn't buy the land for that price never mind anything else so yeah, when you look at these problem buildings, there's definitely an opportunity there to get them if you can have the right yes. exit, in, and this will be the. the and, and I don't think, um, I don't think it's an unrealistic thing to say that there are buildings like that in most towns. Yeah, I would, I would certainly agree. I think this opens the, the doors up to me to, you know, trying it with this building. This could be the, the first of many. I think if this, if I can make this one work and, you know, fumble my way through how to figure it out and uh, you know and get operational, get get it washing its face, and then getting making some income and profit. Then, yeah, I think I'm that. Next, you're, you're lead me on to another question I was going to ask, which is, you know, long term, what's your your plan with commercial? Because I know you're still doing resi and you want mm. to continue buying portfolios and there's certain tax incentives to help, not to help, if, but <laughs> certainly that make it better to buy portfolios, but. What type of financing? What's what's your plan for commercial? Because you've you've also got, I think, pension. Yeah, that's right. So use. yeah, so the the biggest pool for me for commercial purchase or getting in the commercial space that little bit earlier was my SAS pension. Um, just set up a few months ago, in the process of getting the transfer over, and so yeah, the fact I can leverage that SAS money, you know, to act as security against this building to buy more or or. or you know, or use it, then yeah, it's definitely there. Um, so that was that was a bit of the motivation. Um, I didn't, you know, usually my residential investments or my developments, I'll, all, I'll pretty much most of the time borrow investor finance on it. Um, private, 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 private finance, finance yeah. Um, it was this one I didn't really feel comfortable. It's easy for me to go sit yeah. in, a, in a space from, you know, 15 years experience in residential and say I'm going to buy for this and it's going to be worth this and I'm going to spend this on it here's my return on it here's what offer you know security I can offer you and here's what return I can offer you that I'm comfortable with that all day long with the commercial I didn't have the the, the bare face to attempt it because the unknowns to me so to me that's that's my risk um, so I just uh, I just bought it with my own cash uh, so no private investor no mortgage against it which, which do you know what it does actually help because the pressure's not on me there's no 
there's no one breathing down my neck, there's no bank overheads, there's that no... That can be dangerous. Yes, but, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, as you can see, the first the first four weeks has moved on very yeah, quickly, so I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not hanging about with it, but I need to make that money work for me as well. I can't have this just parked in a building and, and sitting there. Um, but yeah, that, that was the plan, was to try and use my own cash, and obviously I sold the, the very first flat literally a week ago, and that was going to be part of the renovation costs on it. Um, so the purchase being cash now, this 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 sale of a, an old buy let is going to be the rest of the renovation costs. So hopefully it's going to be all, all more in cash. It, it allows me to breathe to do it and not feel the yeah. pressure of everything else that's going on in, in the business and additional kind of unknown and um, off the commercial um, investment space yeah. as well. So it's funny because I that's what I did. I sold some houses when we did that step into mm. commercial. And, and some people, when I suggest to them, and they're saying, well, I can't find any money, I haven't got any money. So they just sell some houses. What? <laughs> I gasped. But actually, it's a strategy you can use pretty effectively. So look, somebody who's just maybe going through the, the resi stuff right now, and they're working through some strategies that maybe moved on to different strategies, so that you know they're looking at properties more holistically, like what can I do to make this one work the best? What would be your things you would say about commercial now that you've got a deal over the line and starting to work through it? And I appreciate it's not all let and we're moving on to the next one, but through what you've learned so far, what what would you say to somebody that was on that resi trail um, about getting into commercial? Uh, it's funny because um, you know I, I, I'm doing workshops teaching people on residential property, and I'm always like, pull the trigger. You've made the you, you've you've negotiated the right price. You understand the refurb cost, you understand your numbers, you understand the tax you want to pay, pull the trigger, and you see people hesitating. And I'm going, like, why are you not pulling the trigger? It's a phenomenal deal, you know, pass on a Sunday, whatever you, you know, whatever it may be. And then I get it now. Because I've sat there on the commercial side of it looking at you, looking at me, going, pull the bloody trigger, you know, I mean you've got this cracking deal, it's been negotiated at a great price, it's a big building, there's plenty of scope for for um, for income from it pull the trigger and I, I would probably say that was the only bit of advice I can give because I'm not that far down the journey to, to give any more but you know pulling the trigger was definitely the bit that's held me back a year <laughs> and a half I mean it's it's not a huge amount of time but and by design to a certain extent because we spoke about this um, I think near the start of the year and I was going to try once we knew what was happening with lockdown I kind of put I think the initial date of entry was going to be April thinking we were coming out of lockdown it gives me a little bit of start. There's no point in buying a, prop- a property like this when we're in lockdown and no one can rent spaces and no one can go to dance classes or martial arts, whatever they want to rent. If there's nothing happening, there's no point in having this building here. So delaying it was a bit of design as well. There was no need in having this done yet. But the fact that we're getting back to to normality, um, I'm hoping that the, the timing's right for, for getting this building lit. Can I ask you a question, right? You, you can answer this wherever you like. Um, if I if I hadn't been bugging you about it, do you think you'd still bought it? It's a good question. Very good question. Um, I had this conversation before uh, earlier today actually about um, having a mentor, and people were I was getting the, the the reverse of me doing it to someone else, and I did actually refer to you today and says, well, if it maybe wasn't for Jerry pushing at me and giving me that that look of disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> you might not have bought this big not, white elephant. I might have not pushed on it. Um, it's just—it's interesting just to yeah. know because you know sometimes it can be um, just that little nudge that you need, isn't it? Because you've done all the numbers, you've done all the due diligence, and it's almost like you just need somebody just to to look at the the 
the exam paper and just say, yeah, you've passed. You're, just, you're okay. Just do it. Go it. Yeah, submit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, no, I, I do think so. I think it's good to have that accountability. And most important of having mentorship, mentors and a mastermind group and, and people around you that are doing doing the stuff that's bigger and scarier than what you're doing. Uh, definitely is a, a huge pull. Um, you know, our own mastermind group as well, you know, it makes you kind of just take that a little bit more action because you don't want to be the one sitting that's at the right. table saying... That's right. And do you know what? I want, we, we cannot have this conversation without talking about property education mm-hmm. stuff, right? But yeah, it's important to point out, and I didn't say that at the start, you and I have known each other for seven years, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a bit more. Um, and we've been members of our own mastermind mm-hmm. group, haven't we? Of half a dozen, dozen, depends on when it is. And, and we'd get together and have a pizza and a, and a good catch up. And we've all got different strategies and we're all at different stages of life. Some are kind of winding down, some mm-hmm. are winding up. It's, it's been really, really mm-hmm. good. But having that accountability has been... Oh, oh, definitely. Being uh, helpful, isn't it? Uh, definitely is. If you've got the people around you that are, that are doing stuff, and like you say, people are, some people are winding down in the group, but it doesn't, for the, I think for the people, that, our own personalities, we couldn't turn up to the, the meeting every month without pushing our businesses and you know yes. not having that little bit of an update to say, yeah, we've been working on this, I've been doing that, and purchasing this, and looking at, you've been looking at your, your next building, your next building. So yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I do think the accountability of, of a peer group or a mastermind group is so important. And, proper education in general you know me getting the knowledge and experience from you to actually pull the trigger I wouldn't have done that without that coaching and guidelines because you know there's so much unknowns and it's suppose it's like jumping into residential property right at the start you don't know what you don't know and you don't know what cost the factor and how to do a renovation and how to what, what is ADS and what costs are you going to come across so so yeah I think it's so important to get the right bit of knowledge and then obviously the right peer group or or mentor around you as we, well we obviously you know, we're we're biased now, right? Because we both we both help other people mm. um, get into whether it's commercial or residential, whatever strategy it is. But rather than us sitting here and saying why we think it's so awesome, I think I think a, an interesting way to look at it is certainly from my own point of view is, you know, when I started out, I didn't get any education, and I spent three four years doing resi, and then the next fifteen years doing commercial, and. I did go to some conferences and things, but I never really spoke to anyone specifically mm-hmm. about the manual, about all the stuff that I guess I've only learned subsequently. Mm-hmm. And how have you felt about that? Because when you, because so, I know you did some training, mm-hmm. and then obviously there's the networking and getting involved with other yeah. people. Well, has there been a point when you've said to yourself, if only I maybe did that a bit sooner? Do you think things are speeded up? What What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. And this is probably the motivation for doing my own workshops and helping people start into property investment from start or you know slightly experienced and looking to level up because I went on a weekend training thing you know I've been I've been involved in property for for 10 years in the residential space and to go on a weekend property education thing where there's you know 20 guys in the room and they're teaching these strategies that I've done on the side of a full-time career and it was just that that bit of yeah you're doing the right thing what you're buying how you're negotiating what the strategies you're looking at do, you know, how you're looking to grow, how you're looking to scale up, just to get that... that confirmation. That, yeah, that confirmation you're doing the right thing, absolutely. And, and I think if I wish I had, if I'd had that years and years previous, they would have, I wouldn't have took 10 years to do that. I would have you know, squashed that into a, you know, a couple of years. And, and I think that's what excites me more about the commercial space, isn't it? as I now understand personal develop, development and getting the right education and being in the right network, that for me, eventually, in this property, having having some other mentors and people in the mastermind group is this going to speed me up rather than taking 10, 15 years to go and get myself a few buildings is it going to consolidate any 
two or three it's, years. It's the opportunity cost, isn't it? That's yeah. what I look back in my career is just thinking, crikey, if I knew what I knew now, and obviously it takes time to learn all this stuff, but if I'd had a bit more, well, education basically, mm. but if I knew more about the different strategies, I would have done it much faster. Mm. At least yeah. I think I would have. So the opportunity cost wasn't the expense of paying for... Do you, do you think you second-guess yourself doing it without a network and peers around you because you don't know if you're doing the right thing, so you just do you, you know, just, one step at a time, dip your less, toes in? You've got less... Commitment's not quite the right phrase. Um, conviction. Yes, uh, conviction's probably the right word for that. You, you're not going f- full... Yeah, um, I absolutely... I think when I got that, that conviction in my property, residential property. Accelerated. It just accelerated. I remember that time Fusion. for you. Yeah. I remember that time. You realised that you've got the experience, the track record to borrow other people's yes. money. So instead of doing one or two projects at any given time, you can now do six, seven, eight at any given time because you can use someone else's money and you can you can accelerate that process. And I was, I was, you're right. The, the conviction is the right word. You know, having the conviction to say, yep, I, I'm good at what I do. I can do it. I'm doing it right. Let's go for it. Um, have, probably having you saying to me, yes, this but this commercial building is a good deal. You know, it's like a fantastic price. There's a lot of building for the money. You can get lots of, you know, revenue streams from it. It's gave me that bit of faster conviction because I probably would have sat on the fence and hovered and hummed and hawed and, and maybe not pulled the trigger on the end. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Cool. I think it's All so right. important. All right, Stephen. Um, let's just um, give people a little bit of indication where they can find you. For those that don't know of you, because I know you're pretty prolific on social media, you're great at sharing your projects, so can you just give us some of your user handles where people yeah. can find you? Yeah, so the most, um, the one that I use pretty regularly is Instagram, so it's Stephen Clark Property, um, also on LinkedIn, um, and Facebook, I've got a Facebook page as well, um, and yeah, they can, you can also go on the Facebook page for the, the building I've bought in uh, Kelly and Fife, which is the Mori Institute, you can see progress updates I'm going to try and share the journey on that page to try and get the community involved in the project and see the, the project coming together so you might be able to see the space going to develop over the next couple of months hopefully that's worked well for you on residential projects as well hasn't it basically going through the journey on Facebook and then you get a buyer yeah people buy into the journey don't they they, beat, yeah. they buy into what it's about and I think I've had to kind of take a step back the last week at this at this commercial building and really kind of revisit that and think well if I can get the community buying into it and I could put a bit more on social media then I'll get the, the hype the word the, the you know market this kind of product um, that's going to be good for the community so yeah that's fab yeah right now the other thing just to say um, um, you may not say it but I will for you you are running um, your own workshops and they are quarterly Yes, um, three three a year at the moment. Possibly I might do four next year because they're becoming quite popular. Yep. Um, yes, so I do a, a three-day workshop and it's basically start to finish um, from the guy starting out or guy or girl starting out in property to the more experienced investor because I go from you know how to spot, what, what's your goals and aspirations in property and what you're looking to do, kind of create your investment criteria to then breaking down the, the different property strategies. I, I focus on building, scaling up and building a buy-to-let portfolio. Um, doing property flips and also property sourcing. Um, so I, t- I take it right back to basics, you know, how to, how to spot the opportunities, how to negotiate, we play role play in negotiation games and, and you know, um, how to secure it, how, how to do a quick appraisal of it, a full appraisal detail process of that, make sure you've not missed any numbers, breaking down renovations to then how to do it with none of your own money and raising private finance. So yeah, it's quite, a, it's, it's intense. It's very, very intense. I think everyone on the the first three-day event was at your building in Glenrothes a few months ago. Everyone was absolutely 
floored by the end of the three days, but it was it was so it's so good. You can walk away from it with you know conviction to go straight away and and, and yeah. get on. And, and, you, and you you have a personal thing about making sure that when they leave, they've got all the ammunition they need. Yeah, absolutely. I want everyone to just go out there and and spot opportunities to take action and and be comfortable to take action because they've been through all the numbers and all the judgments and they've got the process, they've got the spreadsheets, they've got their you know, they've got they've got all the ammo they need to just go away and take action. Yeah. Fantastic. Right. Well we'll put some some of that in yeah, the show sure notes, Stephen. Um, so thank you so much for joining me today for part one. Part one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back and do this. If, 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 this, if this building's a flop, do we do, do part two? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, and you know what, we, we we both do that as well on social media. As we, we do share the good, the bad, and ugly on social media, and I feel that it's quite prudent to do that. You don't want to just show, say everything's roses and everything goes well, isn't yeah? And, I, and I'm quite keen on doing that. If it doesn't go the way I planned, I'm happy to come on and share you know, it. The great thing about that building is there's not just a plan A. There's a B, yeah. C, D, uh, and E, uh, and one of them will have work, and you know, each one has a different output. I guess we'll figure it out exactly. <laughs> Fantastic, great. Thanks for joining me, Stephen. Thank you very much, Jenny. Appreciate the invite. See you next time. As we discussed during the interview, this is part one, and we will revisit Stephen and his commercial deal next year to see how the project develops. If you want to know more about the Scottish Property Podcast, then check out the show notes for a link. It's a great show and covers lots of different strategies and experiences of property investing, which are not just applicable to Scotland. I've also put a link there for Stephen's workshop weekends. If you'd like to find out more about how we can help you find and develop your own commercial property, then simply get in touch or check out our website at the usual W's, commercialpropertyinvestor.co.uk. And just before you go, one last thing. If you enjoyed the show, then please take a moment to leave a positive review. This simple act will make any podcaster very happy. Enjoy your week and speak to you next time on the Commercial Property Investor Podcast. 